Brittany Ross, and I play the fiddle. I'm Catherine Flincham, and I play the pipe. And together, we are Fiddle and Pipe. Two classical musicians who are reading and discussing topics beyond the staff. So grab a book, take a seat, and tune in. recording as well rad so it seems like we're both recording and we're both here seems like it seems like it so uh i guess welcome to another uh super duper flooper exciting episode of fiddle and pipe i am your co-host Brittany ross with my other co-host rainer slay <laughs> hey guys <laughs> how you doing we're recording this on the back of the last episode Catherine still obviously has a flu because it's only been like two hours <laughs> um poor so, kid yep it it sucks it sucks so uh rainer vocalist of concrete super gun is now the co-host of fiddle and pipe so now it's like fiddle and vocalist fiddle and pipe look it'll still be pipes oh, like, like yeah singing pipes yeah yeah fiddle and pipes plural yeah yeah fiddle fiddles and pipes i feel like we can make it catchier fiddle and Vox, folks, fiddle and vokes. Vox and violins. We'll think about it as we're recording, and then we'll we'll just edit it into the right place. When you that? say yeah. we, you mean me. Yes, I so, do. So you're making of hallmark course. for me yes. for later. Yes, okay. I am. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> as if it wasn't sad enough recording these by myself. Well, Poor girl. I mean, I know. Me or Catherine? Yes. <laughs> All of the above. All of the above. So today we're talking about chapters, what are we talking about? 12 through 16, is that right? Yes. At least uh, that's what I read, so I hope. Y- yes, you're right. Okay. And you came into my house because we were recording this in person, and you're like, I'm so excited that we get to talk about Smog. Smog. The dragon. Is he your favorite character of The Hobbit? Uh, probably. Really? Are you just saying it because it's metal and a dragon? Well, not to go too deep into... um, That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Lord of the Rings slash Hobbit lore, but he is... Smaug is the most powerful dragon of the Third Age. So he's kind of a big deal. My face is a little (laughs) shooky because I feel like I should not be leaving this episode anymore. (laughs) I feel like you should... So I guess we haven't had you on a Hobbit episode, so we should start with some basic information about okay, you. Okay, let's do it. The Hobbit is obviously like a classic book. What role has The Hobbit played in your life, or has it? Yeah, for sure. I first read The Hobbit when I was in high school. Oh, baby. Um, I was, I was in high school when the original Lord of the Rings movies came out. And I had was this? the pleasure. I think the first one came out in 01, oh if God. I'm not mistaken. I was in elementary school. I had the pleasure of seeing all three of those in theaters, and it rocked my world. Like, I was hooked. <laughs> uh, I, at that point, I had not read any of the books, either Hobbit or Lord of the Rings. Were you and even a bookworm at that part of your life I was yet? a big-time bookworm, big-time fantasy and sci-fi bookworm. Mm-hmm. I had just never gotten into those. And so after watching the Lord of the Rings movies and catching the bug, I went back and read The Hobbit. And it's 
obviously an awesome story, but it's you can definitely tell that it's uh, geared towards a little bit of a younger audience, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. But thoroughly enjoyed it, and then since then I've read it five or six times, probably this. So, so this time around would I guess be my sixth time reading it. Well, I see that you only gave it a four star review on Goodreads. So why is that? Uh, because oh, how do I how do I even explain my own personal like rating system? Um, That's a problem with Goodreads. There's not a universal one. Yeah. And so I'm like. Uh, for me i i love it because it's part of a the larger like world Mm -hmm. of middle earth Mm -hmm. and so it's part of that entire thing that i love right but as a standalone like that specific book it's just not a five star for me i mean i love it to death but i don't know it's just not a five star for me so you love the story but not necessarily the story of the hobbit I love the story because of how it fits into the grander narrative mm-hmm. of Middle Earth and how it ties into the Lord of the Rings. So that entire mythos I'm I'm really into, but at just yeah, just that one specific portion is not the five star portion for me. So would you give like the Lord of the Rings books themselves five stars? I would give them so here's a I think I guess I would assume it was the first episode when you guys were talking about because that's the only one that's been released so far, right? Yeah. You're talking about how like dry the uh, the writing is and kind of yeah. hard to get into, and I totally agree. The beginning's rough. I totally agree. It picks up. But... Um, I recently listened to both the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit on audiobook, mm-hmm. and they very recently released versions of the audiobooks with Andy Serkis as the narrator. Andy Serkis, as you may or may not know was the actor that played Gollum mm-hmm. in the movies. Mm-hmm. And he did all the uh, the CGI, what is it, where he, he prances around and then they like film him and digitize him. I yeah, and then they what like, it's called. put Gollum on top of him, basically. Yeah, so he, he does that. And his narrations in the audiobooks are unreal like he is a master of his craft and he brings the story to life to where it's no longer that like dry arcane kind of oldie time type writing it i mean it it sounds fresh and it sounds incredible and i highly recommend anybody even if you've already read the book do yourself a service and go back and listen to the audiobooks with andy circus because it's worth it does he read the hobbit too Mm -hmm. wow all of them if you've seen the movies Mm -hmm. He does the individual voices of the specific actors that play the parts in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, like when he does Gandalf, he mimics Ian McClellan's voice. When That's he does Frodo, he mimics Elijah's voice. Like all of them. So it's it is it is incredible. I, I wish highly I could recommend do that. it. Yeah, I can't sound like anyone. Awesome. <laughs> I can't really. <laughs> I'm like, here's Rainer. I'm an old man. That's pretty good. Thanks. You know, I really tried. I put a lot of effort into that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, let's go ahead and get started, I suppose, with chapter 12, Inside Information. Yeah, so they have found the the mountain, found the the side door, the little hidey hole where Bilbo can go in and check out the hoard of gold. So is it inside information like they have the inside scoop or is it inside information like it's information inside? Both of those. What a clever little bitch. I know, right? (laughs) 
Yeah. Apparently, I guess in the story, he says something about like nobody else knows about this little side door in. So yeah, this is after they find the side door, and this is right after they get it open. Yeah. So it's open, and they're all standing there, and they're like, "Well, all right, Bilbo, it's your turn." <laughs> yeah, you got this, Go buddy. Like there. slap on the back, <laughs> and Bilbo's like, "Up, uh, up, uh, me, me, yeah, me? basically." Um, and he's like. He's freaking out. I love, I absolutely love Bilbo's sort of progression throughout the story from mm-hmm. being this like kind of sort of timid, like not sure if he wants to do this. Like I'm just going to kind of go along because I don't know what else to do to like sort of coming into his own and plucking up the courage to, to do what needs to be done yeah. when it needs to be done. Like, I think his turning point, like in his character arc with the whole hero's journey bullshit, I feel like I'm back in high school (laughs) was when he was fighting the spiders because that was the first time he did something that you know he needed to do and we're doing something in self-defense instead of being kind of like pushed into a situation yeah it's first time he was active instead of reacting to something Mm -hmm. like he took the initiative to do what needed to be done yeah yeah it's kind of funny because they're all basically volunteering him to go down into this scary ass hole. Bilbo's like, you know, I'm not really about that life. I'm not going to, but he shifts gears in the middle of a paragraph. He says, if you mean you think it is my job to go into the secret passage first, O Thorn, Thrain's son, Oakenshield, may your beard grow ever longer, he said crossly. Say so at once and have done. I might refuse. I have got you out of two messes already, which were hardly in the original bargain, so that I am, I think, already owed some reward. But third time pays for all, as my father used to say, and somehow I don't think I shall refuse. Perhaps I have begun to trust my luck more than I used to in the old days, but anyway, I think I will go and have a peep at once and get it over. Now, who's coming with me? <laughs> I like that, and everyone, all the other dwarves are kind of standing around like, no, I'm not going. Dude, this is all you. They're like, nah, fam, no. <laughs> and honestly, I can't blame them, because if I knew a huge dragon was possibly down in the tunnel that I was supposed to explore, I'd be like, I, I, uh, um, I, I think you can do this. I believe in you. Yeah. And the way, once he gets in, the way he describes Smaug is. Imposing. I, I think it's even scarier because he's not just some like mindless beast, like an animal. Like no, he smart. actually is. Yeah. Super clever and smart. And, and it says he likes uh, riddles and stuff. So mm-hmm. you're, Going in to go up against not just a huge, ferocious beast, but also a very clever and smart beast, and that's terrifying. Yeah. It's like having any kind of conversation with you. I'm like, oh, <laughs> God, wait, I'm talking to someone who's smart. Uh, 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 books. I like books, too, Rainer. I, I read. I can do the reading. I can, I can read the books. I think, who is it, Balin, that goes in with him? Because he doesn't go in by himself. He goes in a little bit of the way with someone. Okay, yeah, it's Balin. And he goes in part of the way, but mm. not all the way. He basically goes to a certain point, and then he's like, yeah, no, fam, I can't go any farther. Like, this is too scary. So then Bilbo continues to go down the hole. And I guess because he got them bare hobbit feet, he's hella sneaky. Plus, he's got the ring, obviously. He's got the ring, but it's, it's super emphasized that he's going down this long-ass tunnel and he's not making any noise. 
and there's this red light that he's crawling towards and he's like okay i guess this is either the outside world or the dragon which you know i'm gonna roll those dice and take those odds and that's fine and it was also super hot in the tunnel and he gets to like the very entrance of this huge cavern i guess and he sees smog sleeping there on top of this mountain of gold and jewels and stuff. It's interesting too, because he goes in and obviously um, like takes the cup or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, the cup. And when Smaug wakes up from his sleep, he instantly realizes like this, in, this entire horde of like gold and jewels and weapons and armor and whatever. And he notices one single little cup is missing. Yeah. Bilbo's like, well, I am a burglar and the dragon's asleep, so I guess I gotta steal something. Which, this is the same reasoning he used with the trolls, so I feel like he should know at this point that that's not a good philosophy to have because that almost (laughs) led to them being eaten by trolls, but what do I know? Yeah, so he grabs this cup and runs away with it, right? Yeah, and so Smaug wakes up, smells... Or no, he he feels the uh, the air from the, the little entrance tunnel that Bilbo came through and it wakes him up and he immediately notices this cup is gone. He says that I loved this. He kind of flips back and forth between like Smog's point of view and then Bilbo's and he when he goes to Smog's he says thieves, fire, murder, such a thing had not happened since he first came to the mountain. His rage passes description. The sort of rage that is only seen when rich folk that have more than they can enjoy suddenly lose something that they have long had but have never used or wanted. Yeah, I actually highlighted that in my book too because it seems like a subtle or maybe not so subtle like dig at the upper class. Well, this book was written during the, the Great Depression. Yeah, so... so- yeah, I, I thought that was awesome. He's yeah, like, hey, I was just like, BT dubs. I was like, at you, you guys Jeff suck. Bezos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even though he's not, not alive yet, but. I love that. And there was another, there was another uh, line before that that I didn't even mention, but it's one of my favorite lines in literature because it's hilarious. It does not do to leave a live dragon out of your calculations if you live near him. That sounds like something straight out of like a Terry Pratchett book or something, Discworld. I haven't read Terry Pratchett. Basically fantasy comedy, yeah. I like fantasy comedy. you think I'd like that. It's good. I'm sure David has several of his books. I'm sure that he has like every book. I'm like, oh, David probably has that hiding somewhere. Well, actually, I know, I know for a fact he has Small Gods because I borrowed it from David and read Small Gods. It's great. Hmm. So it's maybe a good one to start with. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, so... Smog is like, where the fuck is my cup? So he starts like blowing fire everywhere because he's pissed because, you know, Bibble stole his shit. Even though he has all this other gold and he's not going to be missing it. Like, it's fine. But he throws some fire up into the hole where Bibble is. So he's like scurrying and there's fire behind him. And Bilbo and Balin get out just in time. But he's like really singed from... All the fire, which kind of sucks. Yeah. But Smog is pissed. So he comes out of his little hidey hole and the dwarves and Bilbo are like cowering. They're like up against the wall. Like, please don't see us. And they cut the horses loose because 
I guess at that point, that's the only chance you can give them. Like, rest in peace, horses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For real. Because, yeah, we find out later that they became dragon food. Yeah. For and sure. Tolkien says that he goes off and kind of flies in their general direction. You're like, okay. Their general direction. And you're like, I'm, I'm sorry, horses. Like, that sucks. Honestly, rest in peace. The dwarves are pissed at Bilbo for aggravating smog. Instead of being super grateful that he got this goblet or cup or whatever it is. They're like, why the fuck did you wake him up? And he's like, what else was I supposed to do? I'm literally a burglar. I'm supposed to steal shit. That's literally my job description. That's why I came all of this way with you guys. That's why I'm here. They're trying to figure out what to do next. Because obviously, big ass dragon, little dwarves, little hobbit. Not really a good matchup right there. Bilbo says, what else do you suppose a burglar is to do? I was not engaged to steal dragons. That is warrior's work, but to steal treasure. I made the best beginning I could. Did you expect me to trot back with the whole horde of... Is it Thoror? Thoror? T-H-R-O-R? T-H-R-O-R? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thoror. On my back? If there's any grumbling to be done, I think I might have a say. You ought to have brought 500 burglars, not one. I'm sure it reflects, refl- oh my God, reflects great credit on your grandfather, but you cannot pretend that you have ever made the vast extent of this wealth clear to me. I should want hundreds of years to bring it all up if I was 50 times as big and small, as tame as a rabbit. <laughs> have you seen the uh, the Hobbit movies mm-hmm. with uh, Cumbersnatch as Smaug? Cumbersnatch. <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with those movies, but I did really like his portrayal of Smaug and how they, you know, within the the book of the Hobbit obviously is not a super long book. Like it's fairly short. And the section with Smaug is a small overall section within the whole book. Mm -hmm. One of the things I liked about the movie is is that they made the whole section with Smaug, like its own, you know, big epic thing. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of things wrong with the Hobbit movies and a lot of like hardcore fans didn't like them. Mm-hmm. But the parts with Smaug and the way they portrayed him, I thought they did a top notch. I loved it. I think the movies are really cute. My problem is that they took a 250 page book and they made them into three, two and a half hour movies. So I thought it was a little unnecessary. Like it could have been one, two hour movie. And that's why I say I have a love hate relationship mm-hmm. with them because on one hand, I would have loved to have seen them treat the hobbit the way it was meant to be done i guess which is like more of a it's a kid's book a smaller sort of like self-contained like here is their adventure and then that's it yeah but at the same time as an avid sci-fi fantasy reader you know i've had to endure a lot of adaptations of some of my favorite properties Mm -hmm. and in my early days i used to do what i guess most people do is if it's you know if it's not perfect spot on they get everything exactly right then i'm mad and angry and it sucks mm-hmm. but i stopped doing that a long time ago because you're gonna get a lot of disappointment if that's kind of the way you are going into this stuff mm-hmm. um so i think of the adaptations as being this story occurring in an alternate universe mm-hmm. sort of a multiverse effect yeah so it's not gonna be exactly the same things are gonna happen differently there's gonna be stuff added stuff taken away and so for that reason, viewing the Hobbit movies in that way where, hey, this is not supposed to be the exact same beat for beat, page for page story, um, I actually enjoyed them, I guess, more than most 
fans of this world seemed to. Yeah. I guess my problem is not that it needs to be exactly the same as the book, because I, like you, I don't necessarily think that they're part of, like, a multiverse per se, but I do view them, view them as two separate forms of media. Yeah. Like, it's okay for a book and a movie to not be the same, because, yeah. like, the perception's not the same, the art is not the same. Just, like, literally, it's what you see visually and, you know, what you hear is not the same as what you're going to read on paper. And that's yeah. fine. And I get that. But I feel like they completely transformed the whole point of the story by making it into this, trying to do math, seven and a half hour long epic instead of, because The Hobbit is just supposed to be like a cute kids book. Yeah, that that is that was sort of, the, for me, one of the cons is that yeah. I feel like if they had done it that way if they had done it sort of the quote-unquote way it should have been done mm-hmm. if you can even say it that way i feel like it would have been better than what we got mm-hmm. but at the same time i still liked what we got i still thought what we got was good i just think it could have been better done yeah. that way i mean they did try to add in a lot of stuff that you get from like the silmarillion some of the lore they tried to fit that in there and then stuff from at the end of the lord of the rings books at the end of um Return of the King, there are these appendices where it's like all this added extra information about the world and stuff that happened. And they tried to add some of that stuff in there. And mm-hmm. it's like, I felt like it was just too much for what this story needed. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, that was my issue with it. But I do remember enjoying the Hobbit movies as they came out. I loved seeing a big part of my childhood up on the big screen. That was really cool. Yeah, I think I just, I like them, but they were just too long. Yeah, I love Martin Freeman, and it was a joy to see Ian McClellan as Gandalf again. Mm-hmm. Is it McClellan or McKellen? Am I saying his name I wrong? I think it's McClellan. McKellen. Ian McKellen. I've been saying his name wrong the whole time. Good I think, job, Ernie. Yeah. Hey, you look kind of peppy. I am peppy because I just drank a cup of coffee from La Belle Rosette Espresso and Wine Bar. That's in Denver, right? Yep. We are located right across the street from the University of Denver. And do they have more than just espresso and wine? Yeah, we have breakfast burritos, paninis, pastries, teas. We have a lot. If someone was walking through Denver and let's say this person was me and let's say I wanted a panini, when is LaBelle open so I can go and get one? We are open from 7 to 5 Monday through Friday, 7 to 2 on Saturdays, 8 to 2 on Sundays. And if you use the code FPPODCAST, you'll get 15% off your order, whether you're in store or online at LaBelleRosette.com. That's a really good deal. Totally a good deal, and it's even a better deal when you get to see moi at the store. Is that a good deal? Uh, not really, but I actually need to head to work right now because I'm gonna be late. Oh, so I'm gonna go. Go to La Belle Rosette. Go. Bye. Right now. Drop <laughs> everything. Go. So after this conversation, Bill was like, "Okay, I have an idea. I have this ring because at this point, everyone knows that he has a ring." And he's like, I'm going to put it on and I'll sneak down there. And then maybe I can see what he's up to slash what's going on. And this is where we get to the conversation that you and I were both thinking that happened yeah. previously. Yeah. So Smaug is pretending this time, pretending that he's asleep mm-hmm. when he's actually got one eye open. And Bilbo comes in and it says something in there about um, never underestimate a 
a dragon's sense of smell or something like that. So Smaug can smell him, but I also find it interesting. Well, thief, I smell you and I feel your air. I hear your breath. Come along. Help yourself again. There's plenty and to spare. Yeah, I find it interesting as old as Smaug is, he doesn't recognize the smell of Hobbit. Like he recognized the smell of dwarves Mm -hmm. and he knows the smell of men. And ponies. And ponies, but he doesn't recognize the smell of Hobbit. Well, Hobbits are not from that part of the world, right? Not from that part, and they're sort of known as as we found out at the beginning of the book. They're they're they do not venture out and yeah. go places and do things like they're very much homebodies. You know, stick around, hang out, have second breakfast, and let's not go adventuring. I mean, same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I guess unless Smog was in that part of the world, there's really no reason why he would have been exposed to one. Yeah, because isn't the whole point of the Hobbit is like. Bilbo was one of the first hobbits to actually go on a grand adventure. Yeah. Yeah, I think it said he he has what is it took? Yeah. Took blood in him and I guess his like great great grandfather or something Did went something. on some sort of adventure and came back, but it's like super super rare for for hobbits to leave the Shire. Mhm. So they have this whole back and forth where they're talking in riddles and I think I would be too dumb to have this conversation because I can't do <laughs> riddles. Because they're just they're just very on the spot with everything, and I'd be like, uh, 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 uh. So I'm here. Hello. I can't. Um, I'm I'm not queer. Uh. <laughs> he is not queer. That's one of the things I lo- also love about Bilbo is him using his head to get out of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. him him thinking on the sort of on the fly. I don't need to tell this dragon who I am or where I'm from or anything. So, um, at one point. He calls himself Barrel Rider, mm-hmm. which causes Smaug to think that he's a man from Lake. Is it Lake Town? Lake Town, or at least he's associated with yeah. Lake Town somehow. Which is why some stuff that happens a few chapters from now happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, R.I.P. Guys. Yeah, that, that gets a little rough. So they have this little back and forth where Bilbo's basically like. I'm not telling you who I am. And Smog's like, who the fuck are you? And even Smog's like, yeah, I've got plenty of treasure. Why don't you come up here and uh, just take take whatever you want? And Bilbo's like, hell <laughs> uh-uh. no, I'm not that dumb. And then Smog's like, well, you can't do anything to me because, you know, my skin is so scaly. Oh, yeah. Like, look at my belly. And then there's this huge chunk, I guess, near his heart that doesn't have yeah. a scale or isn't as protected somehow. Yeah, he says it's like as naked as a, a snail out of its shell or something is, is how it's described. Yum. Mm. And Bilbo's like, how does he not see this? How does he not know what he's doing? Well, I, I think Smaug, A, has had no contenders for however many hundreds of years he's been in this mountain. Because he said he's the great dragon. He, yeah, he said, when I first came here and defeated everybody, I was young and tender, but now I'm old and strong 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 he says strong three times so that's like super strong yeah young and tender that's an interesting adjective description i was young and tender once oh my Mm. well we are an explicit podcast so it works (laughs) (laughs) smog is like Oh, you're Bell Rider. So you're with dwarves, right? And Bill was like, dwarves? Uh, 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 uh. Like, 
I'd like, what are dwarves? I've never heard of dwarves before. It How, is a dwarf. What is it? You can't say dwarf, Smog. That's not PC. <laughs> and then Smog's like, bitch, I could smell them on the ponies that I ate. And Bilbo's like, oh. Err. That awkward moment when. And Bilbo is starting to feel hella uncomfortable because I guess dragons have a, like, they cast a... An affinity for figuring stuff out. Yeah, mm-hmm. for like any anything information they get that they don't understand or any like riddles or stuff they like want to think about it and figure it out it's they like worm their way into your brain and i guess that's why i wouldn't survive the riddling because i wouldn't be smart enough to not tell them information i didn't want them to know because i think the point is they get you to trip over what you're saying yeah that's why i find smaug to be so scary to Mm -hmm. me is because and i know i said this earlier but he's smart he's clever he's not just it's like a lawyer yeah, he doesn't just have, what does he say, uh, teeth like swords and claws like spears, but he also has a sharp mind as well, and that's, that's Brain-like scary. lawyer. Yeah, brain-like lawyer. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't write this book. Yeah, I totally could have. Adapted by... Then Bilbo's like, well, you don't know everything. We're all here and we're all friends. And Spock's like, you just said us. What the fuck are you saying? <laughs> You're giving me info, dude. And then Bruce. Bilbo's like, well, no, it's okay. And Spock's like, what did I tell you? You were going to have a 114 share. Man, those dwarves, they're going to... They're not going to give you anything. What What do you think you're doing? And Bilbo's like, oh, what if they're not going to give me anything? Yeah, he starts having a little bit of second guessing there. Yeah. He's like, you know, they're my friends and we came on this adventure together because we're all friends and everything is okay. Don't worry about the gold. Everything is fine. And Spock's like, you dumb bitch. Bilbo's like, we came for revenge. Yeah, I thought that was weird of him to say. And I, I think it even says later on that Bilbo like regrets saying that but mm-hmm. yeah don't don't tell the dragon that you're there to like kick his kill ass him. yeah oh we're here to kill you it's like thanks for putting me on red alert bitch buddy. please bitch yeah and then this is when Bilbo's like I understand that dragons are softer underneath and then Smog's like look at my tummy and there's like <laughs> a whole patch of scale that's not not there. We are not good at telling this because we're getting all the events mixed up, but that's okay. I mean, we're, we have it in, in yeah, we have the basically idea. the right order. Yeah. The base, more or less. Uh, they had a conversation like 10 scenes ago, but that's yeah. fine. At least in our canon. So then after this, Bilbo's like, oh shit, you showed me your weak spot. And then he's like, I'm going to skedaddle. And then that's when Smog like, throws another thing of fire at him. And then he says, never laugh at live dragons, Bilbo, you fool. You aren't nearly through this adventure yet. Yeah, I think that bodes ill for Bilbo because not just for Bilbo, but I guess now for Lake Town because this is where uh, Smaug then exits the the mountain and goes off to do his thing. Yeah, but before that, Bilbo basically leaves and he's talking to the dwarves about everything and he's like, fuck, I told them all this information. Like, I am so sorry, but he's just so <laughs> smart and I'm just, I could not stop talking and I don't know what's wrong with me. And there's the same bird that helped them open the, the door. Thrush, yeah. Yeah. It's just dropping his eaves. And Bill was like, I don't like that fucking bird. That bird's listening to us. And then the bird flies away. Did he throw something at it? I, I think, think he throws something at it. It's like, get the fuck out of here, bird. Yeah. Of course, the bird ends up saving the day. The bird is the real hero of the story. You know that, right? Yeah. We'll talk more about that later. But... Should be called the bird, not the hobbit. 
Yeah, I know, right? The thrush. I think it says a thrush, right? Probably. I can't retain information, <laughs> so I'm like, I know it's a bird. It's so a bird. it's a bird. They all start talking about what they're going to do next. And then Bilba's like, well, I don't really think we're safe here. So because Smog literally knows we're here because I literally told him that we're all here. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, Nobby. And he's like, okay, so he's going to come out any minute to hopefully not kill us, but probably kill us. He convinces him them to go back into the tunnel to hide, I think. Yeah. Or are my skills of reading well, comprehension not good? Well, because basically, because at this point, they're just sort of hanging out on the side of the mountain. He's yeah. Like, Smile's going to come out and see us and just like burn our shit up. But so if he leaves through that tunnel, they're literally going to see, he's literally going to see them. Well, that was kind of their dilemma. It's like, what do we do? Because he's like, I do not want to have to go through this tunnel and exit out through his lair because he's in there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's like that was, it's better than just being sitting ducks on the side of the hill, basically. Yeah. But luckily for them, I guess you could say luckily for them, Smaug leaves. Yeah, he kind of fucked off. He gets to thinking about stuff that Bilbo said, and he's like, I think he's from Lake Town, or at least he's in league with men from yeah, Lake Town. I need to go, like, I'm pay them a visit. Yeah. So they get into the tunnel and they're like, well, I guess at this point we might as well all go down to the cavern together because that seems like the best idea because they don't know that Smog has left at this point. And I guess the best idea they have is for all of them to go down there because I think they're like, we're going to go kill him because we have no other choice at this point. So they they go in and they're looking at all the golden jewels and Bilbo takes this a uh, really shiny gem. The Arkenstone. Yeah. So it's like the heart of the mountain. This is like the one thing that Thorin is looking for. It's mm-hmm. like his family heirloom that like gives him the right to be king of the mountain or whatever. It's like the one treasure that he cares about more than anything. And Bilbo just sort of sees it. He's like, in his pocket. oh, shiny. Needs that. And he doesn't know that Thorin needs it either. Or has... Uh, uh, I think he does. I think he does know this point because Thorne has mentioned it a couple times, and this is this is this is something that I don't know. I don't understand why Bilbo does this. This is something that's always bothered me. Like, why did he just pick it up and put it in his pocket? And even if he didn't know then, which I'm pretty sure he did, mm-hmm. like a couple pages later, Thorne's talking about the one thing I want is the Arkenstone, and anybody who finds it and doesn't give it to me, I will wreck their world yeah and then Bilbo's like oh shit but he still doesn't give it to him so I don't know what he's thinking there they actually might have not gone down into the cavern I don't think either of us can read yeah at at some point after that conversation that Bilbo has with Smaug he goes back and then nothing super important happens there until Smaug leaves and they decide to go in they start wondering about what's in the cavern they're still in the tunnel and then Smog basically like bursts out, but not through the tunnel. He literally like just charges through the wall or something because <laughs> <laughs> he's so mad. Yeah. And then, like you said, he, he goes to Lake Town. So probably just edit all that shit out because we can't read. So now we're chapter 13, not at home. Wow. Has everything we've talked about so far just been one chapter? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Have some beefy stuff. So they, they heard that... The, you heard? You heard? They heard that Smog was not there, obviously, because they heard him, like, fucking crashing walls and leaving. So this is when 
They go into the cavern. Go into the cavern. Bilbo finds the, the Ark of Stone. And they're just sort of walking around, collecting as much treasure as they can. Which probably isn't that much because I imagine they're not very big. And if they're putting what they can in their pockets. and That's what I was thinking too. Because gold, gold is like super heavy. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is also where Bilbo finds the, uh, the uh, mithril chainmail shirt thing that he mm-hmm. wears and ends it's like up elven made. spoiler alert in Lord of the Rings gives it to Frodo and ends up saving Frodo's life a couple times. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this is where Bilbo gets that. So everything we said for last chapter happened in this chapter. So that's good. Yeah. I think everything kind of blends together in this section. Yeah. With the, with the dragon. Yeah. It's fine. It's just fine. Yeah, he gets the mail and Thorin said that that's his first payment of, you know, being a kick-ass burglar, which is rad. And then they basically leave the cavern. That literally might be it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of words, but that's basically it. Yeah, I was looking, there was a quote that I didn't highlight for some reason that I was looking for. They hang around in the cavern for two days without really realizing that they're there for two days. And the whole time they're like, where the fuck is Smog? And he just never shows back up. So they're like, okay, well, we're just going to take what we can get. We're just going to steal as much treasure as we can. And just go. And then they basically leave and they get to, don't they go to Dale? Uh, I think they start heading towards Dale. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says something like it's a five hour march or something. Oh, yeah. So that's where they start and heading to. Bilbo's just like tuckered out. He's so hungry. <laughs> yeah, mostly hungry. So that's chapter 14, I guess. That was yeah. really I short. Mean, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. The dwarves and Bilbo go in, get some treasure. Bilbo finds the Arkansas and he gets the mithril chainmail shirt and then they hike out. Yeah. I mean, they call it a day. Chapter 15, Fire and Water, which is, sounds very Game of Thrones-esque. Yeah. This is basically what I was talking about earlier, how I like how they, in the movies, there was more to it. Because mm-hmm. here, it's basically Smaug attacking Lake Town. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's one chapter. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a cool chapter. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but but I at like the same how, time, there's not. I like how they gave it a lot more screen time in the movies. Yeah, because I feel like you basically just summed up what happened in the chapter. Because... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Smog goes and he's really mad because, again, he thinks that Bilbo is somehow connected to Lake Town, which mm-hmm. I guess he kind of is. Not really. I mean, he did come f- out of the water at one point. He so stayed there maybe. for like two weeks. There's not really anything else around there. so Yeah. And he's destroying the city. I think in the movie they have, which I, which I, I hope I'm getting this right, in the movie... Um, as Smaug is leaving his lair mm-hmm. to go attack the town, they actually pull a quote from uh, Oppenheimer, the guy that invented the atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. And as he's flying out, he says, I am become death. Oh, it's like, oh man, that's metal. Chilly. Okay. Scary. Okay. So he doesn't say, he says, I am fire, I am death, which reminds me of the Oppenheimer quote. Oppen- Heimer quote, I am become death. Regardless, it's a badass moment in the movie. Like mm-hmm. it gives you chills. It's like it's pretty cool. Very metal, ten out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> scary. 
So he's destroying the town, and everyone's like, ah, what do we do? We filled everything with water, but it's still catching on fire. What do we do? And there's this one guy. Bard. Yes. Bard the badass. Bard the badass. Who notices that there's, notices there's like this open patch of no scale. So this is where the bird comes back in. The thrush is really the hero of the story because Bard doesn't notice it. Oh. Bard is sitting there firing his arrows at Smaug to to no avail. And he gets down to his last arrow, the black arrow he calls it, which apparently... His father and grandfather used before him, and every time he has fired it, he's been able to recover it. And it's like his lucky arrow. As you do, I guess, as an archer. As you do. And he's about to fire his last arrow, this black arrow, mm-hmm. when this thrush like lands either like on his shoulder or it's near like him. It's like Snow White. Basically. The and bird starts talking to yeah, him. Yeah, and it's like, wait, just wait for it. There's, there's going to be an opening here where you can... And so... Bard waits, and it turns out he can he can understand what the thrush is saying Snow because White. of because of Snow White, yeah, because of his lineage, because of who his like family line is. Oh, he they, come he comes from his his like grandfather, like line of Dale, so forth and so on, Dale whatever, or something. But yeah, basically the bird is like, wait, don't fire your shot yet. You're gonna have an opportunity when he like turns a certain way, mm-hmm. and lo and behold, Smaug turns. Bard sees the opening, shoots the arrow, Kills bada him. bing, bada boom. That's it. I mean, Smaug is down. It's kind of funny that Bilbo and the dwarves didn't have to kill Smog. Yeah, I and that's like, the hardest part of their journey was all the shit they got into, not the dragon. That's a, one of the other things that I like about the movies is that. Bard gets like this one scene and then a little bit later when like the the five armies are like getting together he's sort of like part of that a little but he doesn't get a whole lot of screen time no. quote unquote in the book where in the movie he does and and I, I like that about the movies we're like in the book he's literally the guy who killed the dragon Tolkien's like that's great but like let's check out our party cool 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 yeah <laughs> so he kills the dragon Everyone is super happy, but then they're like, wait, our whole city's destroyed and everyone's dead or dying and everyone's injured. So what do we do? And then they're like, wait, Bard killed this dragon for us. And our master who I don't, I wish they wouldn't say master. (laughs) Master. Master. Yeah. Their leader. Master Uh, puppets. Nice. Uh, Sorry. That's what I think of every time. Metallica. Yeah. They're like, he never killed a wagon for us, so... Yeah, so screw that guy. Plus, he was, like, trying to leave and, like, run away and be a coward. Oh, well... Can you blame I mean, him? I was about to say, can you really blame him? Because, <laughs> like, a I giant would be fire-breathing like, dragon. Yeah, I'd literally I would... be like, fuck all of you. Yeah. I'm leaving. Goodbye. Yeah. Re- regardless, everyone's like, yeah, so Bard should be our, our head dude now. And the master's yeah. like, no, I want to do it. Yeah, he's like, I don't really want to, but he's like, eventually I might, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which but is kind of funny. They end up getting help from the elves. Yeah. As you do. As you do. And they rebuild their town and they make it bigger, I guess. They add eventually. an extension. Eventually, yeah. They, as of right now, they're just like putting up these little like refugee huts and tents and stuff. But yeah, they do eventually end up 
rebuilding bigger and better. Do you know who told the elves? The raven? The fucking birds. Yeah. Yeah. Birds, I'm telling you. Those are those are the true heroes. They're the of true this. heroes of this story. And that kind of brings us to the end of this chapter. At this point, since the the dragon is dead, um, and they haven't heard from like Thorn and Company, they are just like, Well, I guess he's dead and he's not coming back and that kind of sucks, but there's no dragon anymore, so I guess that's cool. The dwarves? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the uh I think the birds tell them, right? Birds tell who? The dwarves that Smaug's dead? It's not in this chapter. Somehow they find out that Smaug's dead, and I, now I can't think of... Here it is. Yes, yeah, so Rock or Rauk, mm-hmm. the, the raven, because he was talking about how a raven used to live here. Oh, fuck. I didn't you know. read the next few chapters. Fuck. Roman numerals are hard. <laughs> oh, no. It's okay. We got this. I got this. I got this. I just pulled a Catherine. It's all good. Oh, no. That's fine. I literally saw X, um, I, V instead of X, V, I, and I thought that was 16. God damn it. So that's the end of Fire and Water. So then we get to chapter 15, which I didn't read and I should have read. The Gathering of the Clouds. So this must be where the bird tells. So, yeah. So this is like after the whole Smaug attacked Lake Town and... Now we're going back to the Bilbo and the dwarves, and they're mm-hmm. kind of hanging out, wondering like, "What the hell just happened?" And that thrush comes and hooks them up with Rock or Rauk. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. I I heard Andy Circus say it when I listened to the audiobook, but I can't remember how he pronounced it. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's this old raven. It's the son of a raven that used to live near the mountain when like Thorin's dad or granddad or whatever was like king there. Um, and basically they come and tell them, Hey, Smaug's dead. Mm-hmm. They're like, that's cool. Yeah. They're like, great. They're like, awesome. Yay. Okay. Well, so we... mountain's ours. This is what job done. End of story. We're good to go. And they have their pockets full of gold and yeah. they're like, okay, well like good thing we got all this and I'm going to have to figure out how to get all that out. I'm briefly skimming. <laughs> 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 Nothing like a good panic, panic skim. Uh, it seems like they are going towards Dale, which is pretty rad. They are running out of supplies, which is kind of unfortunate, but they are on a mountain, probably with not much yeah, around. Yeah, so basically they have Rock or Rauk, this raven. They're mm-hmm. like telling him, hey, fly over to wherever it is and like tell tell the other dwarf people who were there, like, come to the mountain now because because it's ours it's and we don't ours have anything. and people are probably going to want to come like now that smog's dead like people are going to come and take our shit and want to take all our shit and we need to have our people here to like defend the mountain right and that is kind of sort of what happens so the because dwarves, dwarves the, go the, the elves who come to help who came to help the people of lake town they're like hey the mountain's not defended now so the lake town people and the elves hook up and they go up to the mountain, mm-hmm. and then we got the dwarves there mm-hmm. with their people coming, and in this sort of like standoff situation going on. Yeah, it, they go, they go to the mountain, and they're like, "Hail Thorin! Why do you fence yourself like a robber in his hold? We are not yet foals yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're not enemies yet. Okay, yet. okay." Uh, we came expecting to find none living here, yet now that we are met, there is a matter for a parley and a council. 
Yeah, and this is Bard speaking. So yeah. Bard is sort of chosen as the uh, the emissary, or not emissary, the... Is emissary the right word? Anyway, he... Um, ambassador? Yeah, sure. Em- emissary, ambassador, whatever. One of those two things, he is that. Yes. Talking to Thorin, and he's basically like, hey, Smaug just totally destroyed our town mm-hmm. and killed a bunch of our people. So we need some money to so, like, and he kind of did it because you came and disturbed him. So we, and I kind of killed him. So we need some, some of your money. Yeah. Please. And Thorin's like money, please. Thorin's basically like, Hey, you know what? I would be down to talk, but not while you're on my doorstep with an, an army, army with weapons out. He's like, screw you. If you want to send the elves back into the woods, put your weapons away. Yeah, come out and we'll talk. We'll figure something out. Mm-hmm. But until then, screw you because I'm king of the mountain. And basically at this point, Bilbo can sense like, son of a bitch. Like this is not over. Actually, there's probably going to be some violence and bloodshed. And so he does something. I don't... Well, they, they leave and then... They come back and they say, hey, have you considered this or are you going to be our enemy? And then Thorin shoots an arrow at them. So, Yeah. And so at that point, yeah, they're basically under siege. But like Bard yeah. and his people are like, yeah, you know, you can you can eat the gold because uh, you're not getting in or out. Yeah. Like you have no food and yeah. you're already running out of supplies. Since such is your answer, I declare the, mount, the mountain besieged. You shall not depart from it until you call on your side for a truce and a parley. We will bear no weapons against you, but we will leave you to your gold. You may eat that if you will. That sucks. Yeah. So this is where Bilbo senses like, okay, stuff's about to go down. I don't want this to happen. So he does something I find kind of questionable, but at the same time, like I understand that his intentions were in the right place. So I assume he is the and thief in the night for the next chapter, he, the thief in the night. Yes. So the next chapter, Bilbo decides to, again, sort of take matters into his own hands. As he does. He tricks... Who does he trick? One of the dwarves. I can't think of which one it is now. Let's see. Thief in the night. I got to get to the right page. Uh, Bomber. One of them. Bomber is on watch. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, Bomber, uh, you know what? You've had a hard night. Let me let me sit watch for you. You go in there and sleep. And so he does. Yeah. And Bilbo sneaks out, goes down across the river, and essentially ends up meeting up with the elves and Bard and gives them the Arkenstone and is like, this oh. is the one thing that Thorin wants in this entire mountain. I'm giving it to you use it as a bargaining chip to mm-hmm. prevent battle or war or violence or bloodshed or whatever it is. That's an awkward move to make. Yeah, I'd say the only, um, not the only, but one thing in Bilbo's favor here is that when he goes to meet the elves and Bard, lo and behold, who is there? We haven't seen him in a while now. Gandalf. Gandalf's hanging out with the elves and Bard and Gandalf's like, you know what? I as as much credit as I gave you, I think I I underestimated you. Still, he's like, this was a very brave thing of you to do. Yeah, it's funny because Bard calls him out on betraying his friends. He's like, "Are you betraying your friends or are you threatening us?" And then Bilbo's like, "I'm just trying to avoid trouble, so <laughs> let's, let's just all calm down." Sorry. 
Wow, what an interesting development. And next time I will read those chapters. I'm glad that they were small chapters. And if yeah. I didn't read chapter like 12, I would have been like, uh. I like that we get to see Gandalf again. Because Gandalf is like super powerful, super old, basically like. He fucks off when, like before there's ever any trouble yeah. because he's so overpowered. Yeah, he's basically like a celestial being, essentially. Like he, again, without going too far into the lore of lore of Middle Earth, he's basically like third down from God himself. Like God, and then God created uh, the Valar and the whatever else, and then down from them is the Minar. Is that what they're called? Anyway, and it's all these who eventually become the wizards Mm -hmm. and that's that's who gandalf is he's like many thousands of years old incredibly powerful and he chooses to hang out with hobbits and i think it's cool that he is constantly pleasantly surprised by what these little dudes are doing yeah it's just that dynamic to me is really cool and that's one of the things i love about the hobbit and the Lord of the Rings stories is mm-hmm. Gandalf and the hobbits, their, uh, their relationship. Yeah. Wow. That brings us to the end of this section. Thank you for being a fantastic co-host. Thanks and for having me. For reading the second half of the section <laughs> that we were supposed to read. <laughs> yeah. Roman numerals are confusing. Okay. They can be. That's cool. I, uh, Rainer's like, yeah, if you're dumb, they're confusing. Sure. <laughs> Well, luckily for me, because this time around I did listen to the audio, and in the audio book it's got him labeled with, I was going to say regular numbers, but... Um, English numbers. Are they Arabic numerals? Is that what we use? Yeah. Now I have to look it up, because now I feel like a dumb Oh, person. no, you're the dummy. Arab- yeah, I think it's Arabic we Arabic. use. Numerals? Yeah. Or we could just stick with English numbers. American numbers. America. American numbers. One, two, eagle, gun. <laughs> Freedom. Freedom. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is there anything that you would like to plug since I have you? Uh, I think the last time I was on, we were about to release our second single. And on Spotify, Apple Music, basically anywhere you can stream music, mm-hmm. just search for Concrete Super Gun. Uh, we have two singles up currently. With a third coming sometime in May, specific date is to be determined. Nice. I know that I put Valhalla on my running mix. Yeah. And whenever it pops up, because it's popped up twice mm-hmm. and it's popped up when I'm dying of heat stroke. And I'm like, it's Rainer. <laughs> and it, I get second wind and I'm like, yes. And it makes me so happy. It gives you ego powers. It really does. I'm going to have to check out your second one. And y'all should definitely check it out too because it fucking slaps thank you thank you very much thank you if you want to follow the hosts of this podcast you can follow me at bm ross music i don't have well i do technically have a personal social media presence i just never post but you can follow my band at concrete super gun and just search for that on pretty much any social media platform that exists and you will find us and you can follow Catherine, even though she's not here at calf lunch flute you can follow the podcast at Fiddle and pipe. I forgot what we were called for a second. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so frazzled I didn't read half of this. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Fiddle and Pipe Forum. If you 
like what we do and you want to contribute, you can find us on Patreon. We have a subscription service set up where for a small dollar amount a month, you get extras such as outtakes, bloopers, or happy hour podcasts. And we are actually dropping some new books on that in the future for a new tier. So that'll be really exciting. Cool. More details to follow. Rate and review our podcast and please share us with a friend. And I don't really have anything else to add. Do you have any final thoughts on The Hobbit? It's awesome. If you haven't read it and you're into that kind of thing, definitely, definitely, definitely check out the Andy Circus narrated audiobooks. I cannot praise them enough. They are fantastic. I'm going to have to get into audiobooks. I've been really thinking about getting Audible recently. Yeah, you should yeah. totally do that. I probably will. I got to keep up with you on Goodreads. Yeah, oh, well, good luck. Um, so the, the Andy Circus narration of The Hobbit that I got, I didn't actually get it on Audible. There's another service called Chirp. Like uh, a bird. Like the bird. And they had it on sale for like four dollars so you didn't have to spend the full credit or buy it for like normally like 25 or 30 dollars mm-hmm. it was like four bucks so oh dang yeah wow well worth it amazing gonna have to check that out all right well on that note we can go ahead and end and next week we are doing chapters 17 through 19 which is the end of the hobbit so that'll be really cool with matt right with matt and i'm sure you could pop on too if you want to maybe maybe, maybe. i'll uh, Maybe. Okay, we'll, I, we'll talk. I don't want to steal Matt's spotlight because uh, he he's too good. But <laughs> he we'll doesn't see. care. <laughs> I know he doesn't care, but he's so good. I feel like a, a dumbass when he's here because he's he has his presence and his uh, quick wit and ability to just say stuff is second to none. He he's very good at this medium, and I just kind of sit here twiddling my thumbs. I mean, I forgot to read the last two chapters of this book. <laughs> <laughs> So I think you're in good, um, good, um, company. Yes. I was yeah. going to say confidence and I'm like, that's not right. Words are hard. They can be. <sighs> Reading's hard. On that note, we will end and we will see you all next week. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.